Welcome to Counting on Success, a podcast by The Accountants Recruiter. This podcast is a candid look at topics that matter most to employers and job seekers, not just in the accounting sector, but across the UK. Join me, Donna Barnes. And me, Yasmin Hardcastle, for candid chats with our team and industry expert guests about talent acquisition and career advice in the 21st century. Are you ready? It's time to count on your success. Welcome back to Counting on Success. In our second episode, Donna and I are joined by the vibrant Samantha Harmon. Samantha is a qualified stylist and coach with a background in journalism. She helps female founders, leaders, and women in corporate elevate their style and magnetize their personal brand so they get noticed and make more money. The workplace and the perception of accountancy have changed in the last few years, and we are often asked by candidates what to wear for their big in-person or virtual interviews. Samantha was the perfect person to connect with about this, and she also shared her experience of finding her own confidence and personal brand as a female in a male-dominated industry, why dressing for the role you want is important for your career, and how our clothing and color choices affect our mood and confidence. And with a little throwback to our first episode about Generation Z, Samantha also gave some great tips for how to start building a wardrobe for somebody who is just entering the workforce from school. As people who work from home, Donna and I found this conversation particularly interesting and inspirational for ourselves. And for myself, it actually inspired me to dig into my wardrobe a little bit more and mix things up, particularly as we start to network a little bit more. So I hope this episode provides some inspiration to put your best foot forward. Morning, Samantha. Hello. Thank you so much for joining Donna and I today. I'm so pleased that you said yes. We often get asked here at the accountants recruiter about what to wear you know account like we primarily uh, cater to accounting firms here in the uk small business accounting firms and accountancy is viewed as very dry right and probably very formal in the level of business and that also means a little bit boring but you know there's so many examples out there um, that I have on LinkedIn people that I've met in accountancy because I'm not an accountant I'm a marketer right so <laughs> I've come in and realized that accountants are amazing they're amazing they're, they're, there's lots of personalities everything like that like Rachel Harris and also Lucy Cohen uh, from Mizuma they're they're very vibrant personalities and uh, Donna and I work with Heather who is also a very vibrant personality and their 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 clothing reflects that as well and you know appearance doesn't necessarily need to be everything but you know that's the first thing that people see before we get into all of that though i would love to know a little bit more about you um you have a background in journalism from what my research tells me and like what brought you into style yeah i was a newspaper editor which probably sounds very far away from what i do now but the reason that i got into what i do is because i was walking into rooms and being the only woman in the room Mm. and because my name is Samantha a lot of people would shorten that to Sam too so they were expecting a man and so it would be like hello can you get us a tea please not necessarily realizing who I was and what I realized was that journalism as with so many things was going down the personal brand route I could see that happening so I thought I have an opportunity because I love clothes and I love dressing up to use my clothes as not only a sort of armor against all of that stuff because when you walk into the room you have those assumptions on you but also yourself you feel a little bit like an imposter or a fraud or whatever else so I could use my clothes as an armor to all of that but also as a way to be recognized in the industry 
and I thought I want to dress for the job that I want right not the job that I have so I started to do that and I'd always had this bit of a thing about my body the way I looked because from a very young age I was told you know you are essentially fat and ugly right those are the terms that were used to me when I was very little so I thought style is not for me it's not for someone like me and that was the message that was constantly given to me throughout life you know I'd be like crying in changing rooms unable to find anything that fits and sh had shop assistants laughing at me and all that kind of stuff horrible stuff happened happens to so many women and men and other people that I meet as well so we think that style is something that's for this version of us that only exists in some day it's not for now and as I was kind of doing all this like healing work etc and going through all of the like trauma and coaching and everything else and I was using my wardrobe as a way to step into the role that I was doing other women in leadership started to reach out to me and ask for my help with what to wear to work because they were feeling the same way and because I presented as someone with confidence I guess they would message me on social media or see me at events and say I've got this interview coming up what do you think I should wear <laughs> or I've got this meeting can you help me find an outfit and I absolutely loved helping them not just from the point of view of the clothes but also from the mindset perspective so I decided to get my training as a stylist and a coach and blend those two things together to essentially help good people make money because it's not about the clothes it's actually about the impact that people are having on the world around them mm. and how they can make things better for themselves their family society in general when they feel good and when they're actually living their purpose absolutely it you know it makes me so sad to hear you say that that's how people felt it was okay to talk to you when you were younger and i think that there's a lot of that you know as you say there's kind of that trauma around that around what people say to you um but clothing can help with that because if you're wearing something that helps you feel confident you know donna and i we were talking about um our wardrobes the other day because i said donna i've booked <laughs> booked this lady named samantha and donna's like oh my gosh my wardrobe um, and i i feel the same way you know we've been working from home and working remotely you know we're not in corporate anymore like donna you were saying to me you have you still have your your corporate stuff and whatnot and you're you're figuring out your style what has that been like for you right now especially like in four years of working remote it, it's it's really interesting actually listen to you sam because um the because of remote working it does it does change and um and also um what to expect and i was thinking about this before i spoke to you because the accountancy world is different but it's also changing um so yes i was saying that i've got my my corporate wardrobe is still there and actually most of it's now gone to the charity shop because i don't i don't wear it and like you sam i was i was my previous history i've been on boards of directors for like various companies and i was possibly only the only woman so you you had you had to dress to impress as it were it was like right i'm going in and i'm i'm it was my coat of armor um and now i i, I don't actually um sit on those boards anymore but also a lot of my work is done like this um and it's quite different and it's and and you're you're not i mean heels i mean i used to my my peers used to like how on earth do you manage to walk in those all day and i could i could do it but i can't anymore because i'm now so used to 
the the virtual world and and our clients are all virtual as well and actually some of the um the interviews are done virtually and some of our our our, um, our candidates don't get to see their their employers um at all because they're all virtual um, and all they see is is this bit um and and how do you still make an impression with this bit because that's what you need to do now isn't it as much as it's, it is in person as well um it is also the first impressions on on you know on zoom and things like that so yeah it's 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 really interesting but going back to yasmin's question which i normally diversify very easily from um yeah my my corporate wardrobe is still there um and disappearing very quickly but i don't it's but it's also interesting because what you say about confidence and differential and individuality um i don't feel as though i have that anymore because i don't um invest in my time of okay what am i going to wear um that when we were talking about um you coming on sam um i was on a meeting in my isla white t-shirt my jeans and my sneakers um and 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 it's like oh yeah just you know jeans now there you go um but actually i think it's important and you've made me think it's do you know what it is important that you invest because it's how it makes you feel which then has a mindset of how you deliver and how you speak to people so it's it, it, yes it's good coming into what you were saying about interviews you know the interview world has changed how do we impress you know from the chest up how can we feel confident so my my question is twofold here because we do get asked what should we wear to an interview and especially with the zoom so let's focus on zoom first so for the virtual interview how can you dress to impress but not feel fidgety you know because sometimes i i think that people think that dressing up for the interview might mean like you know statement necklace or something like that but you don't want something that you're going to end up feeling uncomfortable with so what would you what would be your like top tip for a virtual interview outfit and appearance this is something that people come to me for because it's a trigger moment for needing help so they'll have a presentation or an interview they'll look at their wardrobe and then realize i don't know what to wear and that's when they come for the help but the thing that you need to do is to make that outfit your identity so there's something called enclosed cognition which is the psychological impact of what we wear on how we feel and so if you are saving something for an interview you aren't going to feel like the person who wears that because you feel like you're wearing someone else's clothes so the best thing to do is make that piece of clothing part of your identity now so that when you get onto the interview you just exude this air of confidence in who you are as that's just your natural state right so choose something that makes you feel elevated but actually wear it before you get on that call and the important thing also on that point is that we dress top half only so on the bottom people are wearing their pajamas shorts i don't their underwear i don't know what they've got <laughs> going on underneath the screen but that leads to a lack of self-integrity because you are showing something to the world which doesn't actually match with who you're being and that's really hard for your mind to to understand you you feel like you're acting right so also dress from head to toe even on a zoom interview because then you are actually telling yourself that you are this person who has this identity and you do show up more confidently on that call 
but in terms of the actual items themselves color is a really underused thing that you can use to really help you so there are certain colors that help you exude confidence orange if you wear a little bit of orange you don't want to overpower yourself with orange but that's a really good color for confidence blue is a really good color for you know leadership if you are showing people that you are calm and in control um, green is a really good color also and actually what I'm seeing a lot at the moment is clients with wardrobes and they don't know why full of green stuff and it's actually because of the time that we're in we we are using green as a way to make ourselves feel better without even actually knowing that's what we're doing so you can use color um i would probably advise against wearing too much print because you don't want to overpower what you're saying um with your outfit but the biggest thing is to whatever you wear actually wear it and make it part of your identity would you say then that that's the, the same advice then for the in-person interview? Yes, 100% yes. Um, the other thing with in-person is do your, I mean, I'm from a journalist background, so I'm always doing my research, but do your research. So the people that you are going to work with likely will be on LinkedIn because now everyone has to have a personal brand, right? So look on their LinkedIn. What are they wearing? You don't want to turn up to the interview and feel like you've got it wrong, which is how a client recently described it she turned up at this interview she'd been working at a specific company for a long time they were very corporate she got to this new place and the atmosphere was much more relaxed and she said as soon as I walked in the door I knew that I got it wrong and so that's why she was working with me to then help transition her wardrobe into that new phase but yes do your research before you go and again colors a really good one to use and just making sure that you've actually worn that stuff so you don't feel like you're just putting on a show this is just you presenting the very best version of yourself sam can i just ask because it's interesting what you say about color um and i'm sure that um i don't know what um geographic uh, not geographic um what age groups you find you're mostly working with but as a woman of a certain age um, I find that I go away from colour because colour is, um, in my eyes, is all about when you get old. Old people, they always go towards colour because that's that's how I see it. So therefore, I'm like, I'm not going towards those colours because that's what old people do. Um, and and I don't know whether it's just a block in my head, um, but most of my wardrobe is black. It is. It, I am the typical black person um with jeans that are blue that's it black and blue um that's that's mostly with a little bit now of navy i'm kind of getting there um but i i shy away and i think it's just it's almost like i'm trying to be younger um in my this is my mental block and i don't know whether you find that as well and especially during interviews people will go for safe options when actually um it's it's something that during an interview that that the interviewer will remember them because they're slightly different to the rest. As much as their personality will stand out, so will how they look. Um, and, it, and it's definitely something to remember. For sure, yes. That's so interesting what you say about colour. I sometimes find the opposite happens, you know. As people get a bit older, they have this thing where they feel like they almost need to fade into the background and you don't. There's a whole rainbow of colour and there are perfect colours that will just make you feel 
really good and they don't have to be really bright they could be you know more neutral toned down versions of that color and what you said about interviews there is really interesting also because yeah we are our best business card and even if people don't know why they remember you they will just remember the energy that they got from you if you have a cv that's just like everyone else who's going for the same job as you how are you going to stand out and actually there are studies that show that leaders who do stand out a little bit whether it's you know a different type of tie or an accessory they are actually perceived as being better at the job than those who conform because they don't think outside the box yeah because they're perceived as being more confident in themselves because they do have the confidence to show their style so it's actually a really good tool that you can use for getting the job and then showing that you are really competent in the job. I don't think by any means that I was the best editor ever on the planet. <laughs> there are some things in editing that I absolutely did not like doing, but I know that I used my clothes and my personality to cultivate a personal brand whereby I was getting opportunities that other people weren't. So, you know, it is a tool. It's a tool that's right there in our wardrobes that we can use to literally make more money. Absolutely. And Donna, it's, I find it fascinating that you're talking about the fact that you think that the, the older people wear color. For me, I think it's more to do with my mom because my mom does not wear black. She just does not. She only did it when she had to go because she used to work in hospitality. So she would have to wear white shirt, black pants or at, trousers here. Um, she did, but she hated it, absolutely hated it. And her color, her wardrobe has been vibrant since I was little. I, on the other hand, I think shied away from that for a really long time. Uh, not because I'm embarrassed of my mom, but it's just, she was so, I just, I, so color was not my thing. I was also in theater, working backstage, doing all that stuff. So my mother in her wanting to keep me occupied, put me somewhere that I ended up wearing black all the time she would say, why don't you wear more color? So I would just blame her <laughs> for that. But as I've gotten older and as I've you know, grown into adulthood and everything like that, um, I love, I love colors. I still have a lot of black, but I have also found the colors that make me feel confident and that, um, that go well like with my hair or whatever it is. So it's, it's really about confidence at the end of the day. So if you just have an all black wardrobe, if you're confident with that, I don't, I don't see why that's a, problem but it's just about owning it at the end of the day i think from what from what you're talking about it's like yeah. feeling confident and good in that yeah it's about who are you what do you really like and where i know people who have very neutral black wardrobes and they look amazing and they feel really confident in that it's about finding what works for you and unfortunately getting dressed is the one thing that we all have to do every day for work specifically you know i don't there are some jobs out there where you don't have to get dressed but in these jobs we're talking about you have to get dressed <laughs> but no one is helping us with this thing that we have to do every day we get training in all these other areas and this is something that's kind of just like a conversation that's brushed under the carpet like it doesn't matter when actually it has real impacts with people because if people do not feel confident they are not going to do the best in their job they're not going to put their hand up and say the thing in the meeting. They're going to sit there and think, oh, these trousers are digging in. I've worn the wrong thing. What if this button comes undone? Everyone's looking at me and thinking that I look really silly rather than being able to deliver what they need to deliver because they just feel confident and they're owning their space. 
So you had a post a, a week or so ago that I thought was really interesting. You had a client who came to you after the fact uh, because they realized that their their outfit matters, um, but they had they're very good at their job. They've gone up the ranks and whatnot, but then somebody else got the role that they wanted, and that person happened to be better dressed, for lack of a way to put it. Can you talk a little bit about that and why ultimately your appearance does matter at the end of the day? It's actually more common than we think. I've had a few clients where they've been passed over for a promotion and one in particular who was told off the record by her manager that the manager wasn't making the hiring decision for that role. It was actually people up the ladder. And that role required someone who was going to be a public face of the company. And they did not think that this person had it. And I think that we live in a culture where we think if we just work really, 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 really hard, that will get us recognized. And actually what ends up happening is we end up just getting burned out. Whereas we can use our clothes as a way to show I am here. I am confident. I can do this role. And that client, when she came to me, was actually quite resistant. And I've seen this quite a few times with people where they are very resistant to having a conversation around how they are presenting at work. And I understand why, because it is annoying that we are judged on what we're wearing. That's really annoying that we can't just turn up to the office wearing whatever we want and get on with the work if our work is really good. And there is this kind of rhetoric at the moment. I see it loads on LinkedIn with kind of, you know, LinkedIn guru bro hustle types where they have made multi-millions of pounds and they can just wear whatever they like to work. But that doesn't work for, you know, Susan in Dudley, who's going for a a marketing job or whatever. That is not going to work for you. So there is no real point in resisting it. You may as well lean into it and create a vision with your clothes that matches what it is that you want to get in life. Because this client was well she's not even the only client I've had a few clients like this who have literally been passed over for promotion because they aren't actually showing that they are so committed and in it that they're bothering they're bothering to make any effort for work if you just show up you know on a zoom call in your pajamas still eating your breakfast or whatever what message is that sending about how you feel about your role in this company of course you're not gonna get the job where they want you to go and speak on panels. You have to actually show that you're willing to work for it. And I think that I'm getting on my soapbox now. Samsung. Get on your soapbox. (laughs) There's this thing at the moment where it's like people just think that you just get the job because, you know, you're worthy of the job. So you get it because you want it. No, actually, you have to work really, really hard. I didn't become an editor by just wanting the job. I actually had to work so hard harder than everyone else, really, to get into that role. And then being in that role, I use my clothes as a branding tool. And that is something that's available to everyone. But you can't just turn up in your pyjamas and expect to be given the promotion. Because it just does, unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, Sam, did you know that... um that when you go into an interview, this is face to face, that the um, the interviewer makes their mind up within three seconds as to whether or not they actually are going to continue with that, you know, they make their mind up whether they like you or not within three seconds. And that's all built on how you look. Yeah. They, before, So they'll look at the CV and they'll go, yes, yeah, so they've got the skill set. Then when you walk in the room, 
that they they've made their mind up con subconsciously um about you yeah it's really interesting yeah we could we 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 feel that we have outgrown this you know ho hopefully we will one day get to the stage where we have but it's nature is because we are looking for assimilation is this person going to actually fit in here and help me achieve what i need to achieve for this business to thrive or not so yeah we do we we make up our minds instantly whether we realize that we're doing it or not i can attest to that uh, when i was still in vancouver i had to hire production assistants we called them runners i worked in a film studio and i was the ea and office manager and um it's a very casual environment. Actually, when I went to work in that environment, I was a temp originally, because I was filling in, and I was the most dressed up person there outside of the person who ended up being my boss a month later, um, which was which was fine. I continued to dress as I, I wanted to, because it made me feel good, right? And it's not like I'm you know, a, an editor on the computer who has to deal with the map painting and stuff like that. So it's fine. But that was an interesting thing for me. But interviewing for a very casual role, it was interesting to see who would show up, quote unquote, and who sort of dialed it in. And I had on the sloppiest end of things, I had somebody show up in like baggy t-shirt, they smelled like marijuana, beanie over their head, and it was a short interview. You know, they didn't even, and they slouched and everything. It was just, it was not a good thing. Um, and then I had in the middle, somebody who ended up being an excellent worker for us. Uh, she came in, she worked at Starbucks across the street. She came in, she was still in her barista, like all black and everything, but she was very presentable. She spoke very well, she was hired. And then I had a guy come in fully suited and booted, very overdressed for it. But I knew the second that he sat down that he was going to be good and he was and i told him afterwards i was like you got the job because you showed up in the suit you interviewed well but you got the job because you came in you looked confident i know you were nervous but you came in and you, you made an effort which is amazing in this very very casual environment so those things do matter and it, it, it donna i would say it's less than three seconds i think i made my mind up about these people in like 1.5 seconds so it you know it does matter at the end of the day there is substance to everybody but th that first impression really does matter yeah because we're showing whether or not we actually want it if you turn up looking like you don't want to be there that's the impression everyone's going to get yeah absolutely thinking about those people that i used to have to interview they're actually quite young right and so we've got generation z coming into the workforce after Donna and I did an entire episode about Generation Z and what employers need to think about in order to like recruit and retain them. But they are, they're such a nuanced generation because they have come out of three years of really chaos. And then they're coming into the workforce after being fairly isolated. But the way TikTok is and, you know, the way fashion is going at the moment, um, it's not necessarily appropriate for the workplace. With somebody who's like 20 in mind, you know, 20 to 22, what advice would you give them in terms of building a wardrobe for the job that they want? Three things that you feel that Generation Z young women need in their wardrobe right now to, to help them along in their career. Firstly, I think that we need to have more conversations with the potential employers because 
I've had a few conversations with employers lately where they've been complaining about, oh, th this girl turned up for an interview or this lad turned up for an interview and they're basically wearing like a tracksuit and blah, blah, blah. And when you say, okay, how much communication did you actually have with them about how they should be presenting in that role? The answer is zero because we are used to interviewing people who have not started their careers in a pandemic. So we need to actually be mindful of the fact that these young people have like you said finished school finished university on a screen like they aren't actually integrated into this system and suddenly they have to go in and apparently know how to dress and act and we're not giving them any help with it whatsoever so the communication is something that companies need to sort out the reference point for what we should be wearing to work is over 50 years old it's a book by someone called john t malloy who wrote a book called dress for success women at work and in it he's i'm sorry the ma a man yeah a man right there. <laughs> his name is the book is um interesting it's very of the time but it was of a time when women weren't really in these corporate workspaces so it was like you know dress to so you can stand shoulder to shoulder with men you should be wearing shoulder pads but you also need to accentuate your waist so that men don't feel threatened by you because your biggest goal in life is to be you know attractive to men so you find a husband because you're just playing around in this work thing and now it's 50 years later we've lived through not only massive technological development but also a pandemic and yet no one is actually addressing what the workwear policies are doesn't make any sense to me but for someone who is Gen Z, first of all, do your research. I think that's really important in any role. And it's interesting to me because I have um, young people often will ask me about how to get into journalism. And when I say this, 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 look up this, they'll be like, OK, but where do, where do I find that person's email? And it's like, if you're going to be a journalist, you need to know how to actually research and find things. So actually use your initiative to research it. But you can buy things for a great price on sites like Vinted and Depop. Um, if you are going somewhere where the environment is kind of smart casual, dark denim is a good bet because it actually looks more expensive than lighter wash denim. So look for darker denims, stuff that doesn't have kind of like rips or folds or that kind of thing. Yeah, just like sleek yeah. dark denim will work. Um, a good jacket or blazer will also work you can put it over you know trousers denim dresses skirts you can wear it in work and out of work so it's very versatile the other thing to look out for is your fabrics so i actually wrote a whole oh, humble brag i wrote a whole linkedin newsletter about how to make sure you're getting the best for your money from the shops when you go and buy stuff so look for fabrics if something is very high polyester content it's not great so look for things that are actually a little bit more durable and natural fibers if something's blended that's good because it means that it will be slightly more durable than if it was say 100 percent wool or 100 percent cotton um and yeah just also be mindful of the little details like for example i took a client to a shop recently because she wanted to level up her wardrobe as her career progresses. And we went into a high street shop and she picked up this shirt and the shirt actually on the face of it looked nice. It looked like it was a decent shirt. It was like 20 pounds. But when we looked at it, the way that it was made was not good. Like the, it was a striped shirt and the way that the um, seam lined up on the pocket 
was off. So actually the stripe was going diagonal in one way than to the other. And that is a little detail that really people will notice it. So look for stuff like that. Just take care of your clothes. Take care of your stuff so that it actually looks more presentable and have these classic items rather than a wardrobe full of trends. It's all right to update your wardrobe with trend stuff, but if you have the basics right, then you don't have to go and buy all of this extra stuff. And you can make 30 over 30 outfits with 12 items. And if you double that, if you make your wardrobes in blocks, if you double that, you can make over 100, 100 outfits with like 30 items. So you don't actually need as much stuff as you think you do. That's so true. You know, when I moved over from Canada, I got rid of so much clothing. You don't need that much in your wardrobe. Um, you know, that they teach that in retail as well. At least when I had, when I worked in retail in college, you, you get a rack and they say, find six items and how do you put them all together? And I thought that that was an amazing way to teach um, us how to help customers because then they're still going to buy something right but then they'll know that they have they've gotten value out of it right because they know it can go with lots of other things in their wardrobe so even if they didn't buy the extra pair of jeans and you don't get that commission they've gone home because again it's about them at the end of the day um yeah the, and what about for men sam like i don't want to i don't want to leave men out of this because i feel like often like we went to accountex for example uh, which is the big accountancy uh trade show here in the UK and the spectrum of outfit is Donna's nodding her head it's very interesting because if you work in tech you tend to be more so in the casual aspect of things maybe like the um, collared shirt and khakis or maybe just t-shirt and khakis and then you have the offshore people or the outsourced people and they're a little bit more suited and booted and then in terms of the accountancy firms and like other apps and things like that it's a little all over the place but I do find that sometimes it can be a little too casual for the men, but it's still accepted because as you were talking about earlier, with there, it seems like there's kind of the double standard for the women because we're expected to look a certain way. So what would you say that like the younger men in the workplace or people who dress a little bit more masculine, what would be the, the three things that they need to have in to look appropriate in the workforce? Fit is really, really important. I saw someone in a very badly fitting suit the other day and it was just off and it was someone who was, you know, trying to sell like multi-million pound houses or whatever. The suit was just wrong. So actually where to spend your money is on getting those things fitted. Take it to a tailor. I know that sounds really old school, but there will be a tailor in your town. There's one in my town, always taking stuff there and get it fitted properly. And that will make all the difference. For men, I think in some ways it's actually much easier, but it's also a bit harder because if you are living in a community or a society where there's very much this culture of like, you know, stiff upper lip, don't say your feelings or whatever. If you step out of the lines a little bit and wear something a little bit different, people are going to, you feel that you might open yourself up to people making fun of it, I guess. But again, it's a way of, being noticed and going back to some of the studies that have been done they do show that for men and women if you do dress a little bit outside of the lines that is perceived as confident so you know a cool 
a, a cool sock or a nice watch or all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, if you think in terms of the items and then mixing and matching them, that's the way to go with your wardrobe. But yeah, I would say we've got to smarten up a little bit. Like you said earlier about the shops, I walk into the, the high street sometimes now and I think, what is going on here? Everything's just like sweatshirt material. No, I'm just not. I'm just not here for it because it's just not helping us to feel good. No wonder that we feel stuck in a rut when we're wearing clothes that make us feel like we're stuck in a rut because we associate these clothes with sleepy time and we can't help that. You know, our parents have been getting us changed out of our clothes and into our pajamas since before we kept we have conscious memory so our brain associates those things with relaxing so it's no wonder if you put them on now and you try and do a whole day of work you don't feel so good at the end of the day so it's making a little bit of effort can really make a big difference um and also another really interesting thing is labels so obviously we're talking about if you're on a budget and you can look on resale sites you know vestiaire collective etc for stuff that is a little bit more of a higher quality and there was a study done where researchers got a car they got people in a car and they said to them we want you to drive along this road and do not do not stop on this road and what they had happen was an old beat up car come and pull out in front of them at a set of green traffic lights and then they had a car pull out in front of them that was you know top of the range like i know what it was like a lambo or something and what they found was that the people driving the car behind were so much more likely to beep and gesture and swear and shout at the old beat up car than they were the nice car because people perceive that thing to be of higher value and therefore they perceive the person who is driving it or wearing it to be of higher status. So, you know, it's all fine wearing, like I said, your hoodie or your tracksuit or whatever. But if you are at like an entry level, is that actually going to get you to where you want to go? Because you might see Mark Zuckerberg doing it, but he didn't start off there. You know, people use Steve Jobs as an example all the time to me. Well, Steve Jobs, he just wore a, a roll neck all the time. He actually didn't. If you go back and look through the history of Steve Jobs, up until about the 90s, early noughties, he was wearing all different kind of stuff. And then he had that look developed by a Japanese designer. So actually a lot of thought went into his outfit. That's interesting. I didn't know that because his look is actually quite iconic. Yeah, you know, you know, exactly. You know, there's him and you see that. And that's the brilliant thing about clothes is that we can use them as part of our identity. People that I don't even know will message me sometimes on LinkedIn and be like, I saw this in a shop today and I thought of you. <laughs> that's, the power of, that's the power of clothes is showing who you are without even having to speak. And people remember you for it. And in a very busy world, how are you going to get them to remember you? Because I don't remember everyone's names. Do you? Like, there's so much information in our heads. How, how, am, I, how am I supposed to remember 4,000 people's names? Give them something that is memorable so that the next time that they need someone who does that thing, you are the person that they think of. Absolutely. You know, you're talking about the like the higher quality thing or like the labels and stuff like that, that, you know, that applies to the sweatpants and everything like that as well. Right. Which so people are spending the money on the at leisure or whatever, but that if they're going into the workforce, that's not necessarily the, the quality item or the investment items to be um, leveling up with 
I think is the term right now is leveling up. And, um, you know, if you're going to invest some money in a few key pieces, let it not be, um, you know, your waste pack or, <laughs> or track bottoms or anything like that. Um, at least not for the workplace. So. Yes, exactly. So my last question for you, Sam, actually, Donna, do you have any questions for Sam before, before we sign off? No, no, I think it's, I think it's been really, really useful and um, really thought provoking. So thank you, Sam. My, <laughs> my, she's just, don't, don't be modest. Sam. You have provided a lot of value to Carry on. Um, <laughs> Uh, my question for you is what color makes you feel confident? Because you're very bright in your color palette. So. Uh, yeah, I love pink. So a lot of my branding is like pink and orange. I love wearing red. It's a really good, I'm a bit woo, but it's just a really powerful color. I'm telling you, get a bit of red in your life and watch the magic happen. It's such a good, It's uh, people shy away from it. And it's because it's, so, it's a powerful color. And it's like, ooh, who am I to... Who am I to wear that? No, own it. Wear red and see what happens. It's great. It is a very assertive color, um, but it's a it's a fantastic color. Actually, when I was in uh, when I was in high school, a uh, friend's mum was wearing a, a red sweater, and I said, "Oh, I really like that sweater on you or that jumper on you." And she said, "Thank you. Red is one of my favorite colors." And she said to me, "Yasmin." If you wear red, you will feel confident. Red is the color of confidence. And she told me that when I was 15. And so that's probably the first color, like vibrant color. I was talking about always wearing black for the first vibrant color that I added into my wardrobe because uh, my friend's mom said that to me. And, you know, naturally it had to be somebody that was not my own mom telling that to me because I, why would I listen to my parents? So, but, uh, and I'm not surprised that your favorite color is red, that you like that. You have such a presence, so um, it would it would make me wonder if your favorite color was like muted yellow. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't do. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just a very loud person. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. You are vibrant. That's the word I'm going to give to you. Is vibrant. Well, thank you so much, Sam. It was so lovely to have you on the podcast with us. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thanks for tuning in to Counting on Success, a podcast of recruitment chats by The Accountant's Recruiter. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share with a friend, and take a moment to leave us a five-star review. This all helps us reach a wider audience and your support is appreciated. New episodes are released every other Thursday, and we look forward to sharing more talent acquisition and job hunting insights with you. Counting on Success is a production of The Accountant's Recruiter, presented by Donna Barnes and Yasmin Hardcastle, and produced by Yasmin Hardcastle. See you next time.